Hey, hey, it's Andy Yannis, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxinian family, coming off the heels of another Houston Cougars basketball game, this time on the losing side of things as the Temple Owls give all the credit to Temple. They came into the Fertitta Center, and they were a step ahead of the Houston Cougars for much of the night here tonight inside the Fertitta Center. Now, when it comes to Houston, this loss brings them down to 6-1 and one against American Athletic Conference foes. It's their first conference loss of the season, of course. It stopped a nine-game winning streak, and really, it was a brutal loss for Houston in terms of shooting perspective from the field, especially from the free throw line. They missed 10 free throws, and in and of itself, Temple was able to convert on those charity stripe shots. But without further ado, joining me as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, Dayon Dunlap. How are you two doing? I'm doing well. I'm counting up. I'm looking at the play-by-play stats here, and I'm counting up the number of jumpers or shots by the Cougs missed in the paint. I'm at 11 right now. 11. So and I was, it's more than that. So, but yeah, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing good as well. I'm doing as good as well. It was a, it was a good game. Um, a lot of interesting takes um, that I have while watching it. Mm-hmm. And so let's get right into it. Let's start with the, that second half because Temple, like I said at the opening of the show, it seemed like Temple was just a step ahead of the Houston Cougars for much of the night, even starting the first half. They hit the first three-point basket. It seemed like both of the teams were kind of, I don't know if you could say, say feeding each other out, but certainly there was a, there was a, it was kind of like a tennis match where both teams were going back and forth, but the Owls always seemed to have that, that edge. They were always out in front. They were able to build a six-point lead in the first half, and then at halftime, they were tied at 30 apiece, and then in the second half, Temple just kept pouring it, not pouring it on, but they continued to hit big shots. They they opened up the half, and then they went up by as many as seven, I want to say again, and towards the end of the second half when they were up 55-48. And give credit to the Houston Cougars defense because when it was 55-48, it seemed like that's really when Fertitta Center was as quiet as it has been all season long. There was really no buzz inside the arena until after it became 55-48. Houston went on a 7-0 run. They tied the game at 55. Give credit to Jawan Roberts, who had a huge steal, and then he had the layup and one that he had that, that allowed him to tie the game because he converted on the free throw. But then Temple was able to split They were uh, their own pair of free throws. I believe it was Damian Dunn that had the final go-ahead basket in terms of that free throw. They were up 56-55. And with eight seconds left after a shot clock violation, Houston had a chance. Jamal Shedd was able to get all the way to the rim for a layup, and he had it blocked. 1.3 seconds left. Houston has a final chance. They draw up a perfect play, which Calvin Sampson said. It, it, you can't get any much better than that with the play that was designed from unmarked had a chance to have a go-ahead layup there to really walk off the game. And it just kind of like the entire night just did not fall, was just short, rolled out. And that's how Temple comes away with a victory. Chris, Dayon, whoever wants to take it first, what stood out to you about Houston? We could start with offense. We could start about that late rally that they were able to, to tie the game. It seemed like they were be, were going to be able to hit, get over the hump. But like Kelvin Sampson said, they just weren't able to hit the big shot in this game. Go ahead, Dayon. Well, for me, just starting throughout the game instead of going to like the closing moments, one thing that was sticking out to me that Houston was a lot in a lot of isolation situations where it was basically some one-on-one action, someone going one-on-one, and um, and they weren't able to make the shots. Jared's got a lot of good looks that 
in point blank range that he I'm sure normally makes or I feel positive that he can make. But early on, that's what I was saying. Houston was in a, a lot of isolation situations. I think Marcus did a really good job today of being the playmaker and facilitator. And um, I mean, he really did really whatever the team needed today. I think he had one of his better performances all around in regards to just playing all around basketball, doing what the team needed. But offensively, that's what stood out to me. It wasn't as much of a ball movement as much. And then I think one thing that offensively that they realized that they started to take advantage was they I started isolating someone on the block, whether it was Jairus or J1. And Temple would bring the double, and Houston was able to move the basketball, looking for that diagonal three or diagonal um, shot. And so they were able to take advantage of that in the half court set. But too, too many times, in my opinion, they were in isolation situation, which often um, it didn't go their way as far as the shot being made. There's a, a lot of things to – depends on your perspective, how you want to take this game. The Cougs are 9 for 14 on layups. I counted the rough count. They missed 17 shots in the paint, including a couple of getting shots, layup attempts blocked. But they missed 10 free throws. Temple missed two free throws. The Cougs lost by one. The Cougs did not shoot well. Neither team shot well. Temple did not make a basket the la- like the last seven minutes of the game. The Cougs, both teams struggled to make shots down the stretch. So that was good defense and some part of it that shot's not falling. Kelvin Sampson getting a technical foul and two free throws that Temple got. So, I mean... What perspective you want to take from it? We could just say all that. In spite of all that, the Cougs got a great look. It's a well-executed out-of-bounds play. Jamal Mark had a great shot, and it rolled off, and they lost by a point. I definitely think free throws was the um, the biggest factor for Houston as far as losing the game. Um, I think not only because for the numbers that you mentioned, I mean, it, it, it's t- you watch the game. Houston make their free throws, they win. Their defense wasn't the problem. They still was able to execute enough offensively to be in the game and even to bring them back in the game. And so it really kind of boiled down to free throws and sh- missing close shots like you just mentioned, Chris. And, um, I mean, that, that's that's what I see. You know, and Andy's going to p- play clips from Coach Sampson game. The free throws became mental because you could see the frustration on Jarrett's face when he missed the first of his free throws at a, at a you know trip for two. He put his hands up like, what now? Jamal Mark, what now? Those kind of things. So it became contagious. I don't expect Reggie Cheney to be a, a good free throw shooter because he hasn't been in his UH career. But Jarrett's Ramon, I think, is more of can't believe in a miss, especially yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're just like, I can't believe I missed. You know, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing. So Jairus was three for six. Tremont was two for four. That's guys you kind of know to make free throws. Tremont's been a, a funk from the line the last few games, or two out of the last three games, whatever. It's January. Hopefully this is just a bad patch from the line, and this is it for the season for the Cougs because this is like Cougar lore, missing free throws as part of like Houston Cougar men's basketball history that this team – this year had not done until today, really, where a game, we could say, cost them. They lost this game at the foul line. Temple missed two, and one of the two Temple missed was Damian Dunn in the last few seconds to give the Cougs a chance to win the game. 
Temple missed two. The Cougs missed 10. Temple didn't shoot well. Temple shot 31% from the floor. 31%. They made five buckets in the second half. But they won the game by a point because the Cougs missed 10 free throws. And Temple missed they two. Made, we got to give Cripple. Not only did Houston miss theirs, but Temple made theirs. Temple made theirs. 20 they for 22 made. from the line. 20 they for made 22. Yeah. It could be just as simple as that at the line right there. And in regards to Temple, Chris, I think it's funny that, that you mentioned uh, kind of the Houston lore in terms of the free throw shooting teams in the past that, that have been played with. And uh, on the other side, like you mentioned, Temple, they're towards the top teams, not only the American Athletic Conference, but an entire country when it comes to free throw shooting. And they proved it tonight. They're actually 17th in the country when it comes to best free throw percentage. So <clears throat> they they put it on full display against Cougars tonight on this Sunday afternoon. Uh, we're going to hear from... Marcus Sasser first, and it's interesting, uh, Dayon, you mentioned about what you saw in, in terms of Houston, uh, a lot of one-on-one, a lot of isolation at times for the Cougars. Marcus Sasser, he shouted out Temple's team defense overall that really made it tough on the Cougars. But before we hear what Marcus Sasser had to say, we'd like to remind those of you that are watching live on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel or listening audio only the day, the next day of on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you, else you listen to your podcast, that this is Let's Rage Cougs. Presented by the Saxonian family. And of course, we also like to give a shout out to our other sponsors, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials. Most recently, the newest commercial with Ryan Elvin. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so at Star Pizza HOU on Twitter. It's a great commercial with Ryan Elvin and a former Houston Cougars star, Dejan Jarreau. And in Reference to Star Pizza, they are another sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Coops with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit Star Pizza and one of their various locations or visit them online at starpizza.net. Star Pizza Houston's best pizza since 1976. And last but not least, our other sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe and plan start at just $20 a month. And that money goes to UH athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. So on the other side of it, here's what Marcus Sasser had to say following Houston's 56-55 loss to the Owls. Marcus Sasser had 12 points. He shot 4-11 from the field. And he went two for three from the free throw line. Here's what Sasser had to say about the Temple defense. Um, they just had a good team defense. You know, they uh, played in the passing lanes, had good help on certain people. Double um, team the post good. I just say overall, the team defense was just, you know, it was kind of difficult to score rather than individual defense. And something that was underrated about this Temple team, they did a good job at being able, at times, they did a good job at being able to swarm and limit Houston to just one shot, unlike we've seen in the past where they get two, three, four cracks at it. And that was a different where Houston wasn't able to capitalize on those, like Kelvin says, second, third, four-shot teams, opportunities. The Cougs missed 37 shots. They got 12 offensive rebounds. Coach Sampson likes to get, he, he it, tells us, 50%. Mm-hmm. Well, 12 out of 37 is not 50%. Okay. So that's about, a problem. It's less than one third. Credit to Temple for 
Temple did just enough to win. <laughs> okay. Down the stretch, Temple got kind of tight. I think Coach McKee slowed down what was working for Temple a lot earlier. And the Cougs defense tightened up and got better. And the Cougs did enough to get back in the game. They had a chance to win those final seconds. I mean, think about it. The shot Jamon Mark made to beat Memphis a couple years ago was a half-court heave. The shot he got today was a five-footer and rolled off. That's basketball. That's how it works. And, you know, it, it stinks to lose like this. But Coach Santa told all of us that the Cougs wouldn't lose again this season. And, well, one of them happened tonight. It happened today. Yeah, and when I was saying I got in a lot of isolation situations, it was to credit Temple's defense because Houston wasn't playing isolation ball. They were running their normal sets. It just Temple was defending them so well, the shot clock would get down and they would be forced to be in an isolation situation to create for themselves. So that's what, I, what kind of I meant by that. And another thing, the takeaway that I watched that um, uh, Eric Key and one thing they did a great job of was was the way they attacked Houston's double teams on that pick and roll. And one thing Coach Sampson did to make an adjustment was the way that they guarded. Instead of doubling it and blitzing it, they just started switching the pick and rolls, and Houston was starting to make um, – <clears throat> starting being able to contain them contain them offensively, and that was the difference for how Houston started to get stop after stop after stop because their defense adjustment, they started switching because everybody that was on the floor could switch. It was Reggie, Jay Wan. It was Coach Sampson's most um, trusted lineup with Jay Wan, Reggie, Tremont, Jamal, and Marcus. And once he made that adjustment, the defense was, again, at a high level. And so that was some of the things that I saw. But Houston, uh, I mean, Marcus – I think in that one shot, I, I'm not gonna. I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't like the shot. I just would have preferred the ball in Marcus's hands and him to take the shot with Jamal Shed's late game um, layup that was blocked. And um, he beat his man. He got in just to help defense and got the block. I mean, there's credit to the defense. Just Marcus, I would have preferred the ball in Marcus's hands. I think Jamal shot the ball 16 times today. That's five more times than Marcus. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not not saying that he had, he was forcing it or anything like that. I just would prefer Marcus to get those looks. But to Marcus's credit, he did what the game dictated for him. They went, they um, collapsed on him. He passed out and made plays. That's why I think just watching him, uh, he must have taken the advice and the criticism from him from the NBA scouts and really applied that to his game. When I watch him, that's exactly what I see. I see him from developing for the next level because he he's, he's he can make plays with the ball in his hands. He's making smarter plays, and I'm sure that's what they challenge him to do. Can you be someone to make plays with the ball in your hands? And he's done an excellent job at doing that this year. I just just from a selfish perspective, I, I would have wanted him to take more shots. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, Chris, sorry to cut you off because that's something that you mentioned during the game in regards to Jamal Shedd's shooting, but down to the point that you mentioned, that's Curtis the Temple because it seemed like they were kind of that was that was their game plan going in for Jamal Shedd to be the one on the court to be the one if if he's the one that's hitting his shots, which he had a couple of big shots, in particular a couple of threes from the corners that were a big boost for Houston. But it seemed like Temple that was their game plan going in. They were content with being that being the way that the Houston Cougars beat them. Uh, Dan, like you said, on that penultimate play for the Houston Cougars on offense, I mean, Jamal Shedd got straight to the rim, kind of going back to what Marcus Sasser said in his postgame clip. That's just a, a sign of how good defensively Temple was as a team overall on that play. Chris, what are you going to say? Dan, it's, you sure you won in the postgame? 
because or, or watch it already because you you said some some things that Coach Sampson said almost exactly. I mean verbatim. I, I know the game, man. You know you, you know you know the game for sure. And about this, I mean this overall about the shots Temple got the the, the defense Temple the switching defense when he put Reggie back in the game right down the stretch. That's one of the things reasons he touted for putting Reggie in because of the switching for everybody. All five could switch because they did have a few problems with rotations, leaving the wrong three-point shooters for Temple open in the first half, especially. And that's that's you know, Jarris Walker's got to get better on that, and some of the younger guys got to get better on that. And that's why we did not see them play as much younger players because they're not they were just off defensively today as a unit, the younger guys. But put Reggie in, the switching was much better down the stretch, and Temple's shots were much more difficult, and they missed them. Jamal was one for eight from two, three for eight from three. And as you said, I don't like Jamal taking more shots than anybody. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, to four more than Jairus, five more than, than Marcus. That was Temple's game plan. It had to be. Make Jamal beat us. And Jamal didn't do it today. But also, the Cougs missed 10 free throws and a one-point loss. So if anybody would have made two more free throws, the Coos would have won, and DeMar still would have took 16 shots. It was not a pretty game at all by any stretch. They did not play well enough to win, and they lost. But if they just make two more free throws, or Temple makes two less free throws, either way you want to look at it, the Coos walk out here with a, a win, but they didn't get it today. Or if Houston foul less. That's that something too, that Samson was, talks about, like Houston mm-hmm. fouling less. Yep, that, that as well. That was a problem as well. That's a great point. Now, on the other side of this break, we'll hear what head coach Kevin Sampson had to say. But first, I'd like to remind you guys that maybe watching live and or listening to the audio only version the next day or where, whenever you may be listening, however you may be listening. This is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we have our triad of sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston postgame show for football and men's basketball. And Let's Rage Cougs will be sponsored by the Saxonian family for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Now, in regard to our other sponsors, we'd like to say thank you, beginning with H-O-U-N-I-L. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over U of H where NIL is still in its infancy. But you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, video podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. The players are compensated for creating content and fans get an inside look at their lives and plans start at just $20 a month. That money helps the Cougars retain players to stay at the top in basketball and build momentum in football. HIUNIL.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at HIUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs on the topic of name, image, and likeness. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to our other two sponsors, Beginning with 
beginning with Hoop and Hard of the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, which brings us to Star Pizza, the other sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to make Star Pizza a stop on your way home, especially after a game like this. I'm sure people are going to be hungry with the nerves because they came down to the wire. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them online at Star pizza.net and without further ado here's what head coach Kelvin Sampson had to say following Houston's 56 to 55 loss to Temple which brings them down to 18 and 2 overall and 6 and 1 in the American Athletic Conference. Not going to shut them out I mean they're going to score points Hicks is outstanding shooter um, disappointing had 8 attempts you know we, we changed up our coverage our pick and roll coverage uh, down the stretch uh, and that helped. Uh, it kept them off the free three, uh, the three point line, um, and we stopped fouling them for a while. That's how we got back in it. We stopped fouling them, kept them off the three point line. We just never could make the big play. We need we needed a big shot, you know. Um, and we've made that dozens and dozens of times over the years where um, maybe we had a you know not a very good offense at night, but we we still found a way to win. Uh, tonight, uh, uh, we didn't. Um, we, we never made the big shot. Even even with all that, you know, we called timeout and we dropped that little action that we ran and got Jermon wide open for basically a layup. And uh, even that didn't go in. So, um, but for us, you know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't overreact to wins and I don't overreact to losses. You know, Michelle's. That's y'all's job to tell everybody what we did wrong or did right. I don't worry about none of that. Um, we got a big game on Wednesday night against Central Florida. And I'll, I'll watch this film as quick as I can. Uh, make Figure out what we can do to be better. And then I'm going to move on to Central Florida. That becomes a big game Wednesday night. Coach, you talk about wisdom and lessons. What is the uh, biggest lesson you, you think that you learned and that your team learned tonight? And what's your message uh, going forward into the next one? Well, my message never changes. You know, it's my 34th year as a head coach in college. Um, um, I don't know the exact number, but uh, I've lost 300 and some times as a coach. I've got a lot of practice at doing what I'm doing right now. I've done this a lot. I've lost a lot of games. Uh, this won't be the last one this year either. You know, um, I think the big thing is uh, the thing they need to hear is that we still have a good team. We had a bad day, but we still have a good team. All of our dreams and goals are still in front of us. You know, we had a little bit of a um, you know road bump today. Um, I'll make sure they know that. We'll watch the film and show where our mistakes uh, occurred. Um, and I'll uh, slap on the back and say, let's go get them Wednesday. Got time for a couple more chances here, please. Because this team is so good, you guys are have a lot of, as a coach, you have a lot of opportunities to turn losses into lessons. With that being said, um, how, um, what's the approach moving forward you know, after, uh, after the game? What do you mean, approach? Just, just as far as like uh, using this, using this loss as a lesson. Uh, there is no approach. You know, we have thirty-one games. You know, uh, the last time we lost was on December tenth. Um, so, 
watch the film and get ready for the next game. I, I don't make a big deal out of it. I wish we'd have won, but we didn't. So um, I don't think we're going to shoot any more free throws uh, the next few days than we have been. We practice free throws shoot probably more than most. Um, our guys have been shooting the free free throw better, actually. I think our free throw percentage at one time was 68, 69. I think we're up close to 72 now. So some days they go in. Um, um. Once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach, Kelvin Sampson. He touched on a lot of different things, in particular free throw shooting. He talked about the ball not being able to go their way. Dan, I'll go to you. Stood out to you from what Kevin had to say post game. Um, I mean, nothing much really stick out. I mean, he was just really on to the next one. It was kind of pretty much what we talked about and discussed, and that's pretty much what he saw. And so I, I, I'm like him. I mean, it wasn't one thing. I guess that stuck out was we still had a they, we still have a good team. What he said. And so I, although we took a loss, I'm gonna tell this team we still have a good team. We still have the opportunity to reach out our dreams and goals. So that 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 was my thought process. And I mean, they can learn some things from this, but it, it wasn't like Houston just played bad. They just honestly just missed shots, missed free throws. You know. Seeing the comments by by the fans on watching on on the YouTube channel, the one on one offense was what Temple forced them to play. When they passed the ball many times, they got the ball tossed down to J one and to one in the post. Temple used a monster defense, double team the post to make them kick it out, and then make them reset or do something else offensively. So Temple used a, a Houston staple defensively on the Cougs. So that was an issue, but we also saw when Juan picked up that fourth foul early and was taken out of the game and sat on the bench, the defense changed, the offensive, the low post option really was gone. So if there was a double team, he there was nobody, if he would get the ball to post, he could kick it out and make the offense easier. Without him in the game, the defense suffered a bit and the offense suffered a bit. So we see another example of his importance to the team on both ends of the court. He can get early fouls and we can quibble about whether some of those fouls are right on him or not. He got them. He was called for them. And he missed a lot of time on the bench because of it. So that's a factor as well. So we can talk about this, that the one point loss. I'm curious to see how it's going to impact the Cougs in the net ranking. How it's going to be a quad three loss. Temple was ranked like in the 140s, but it'll boost Temple's net after this with a big road win for them so how that's going to impact them going forward and the Cougs and the 1c and all those things the biggest disappointment is the Cougs had a lot of things go their way yesterday with losses by ucla and kansas but they followed up themselves today with a loss at home to temple so it all bounces out and there's not a great team this season there's a lot of good teams this, this season there's not a great team this season we talked about for many of these less rage Cougs how great this team was Houston is offensively well you missed 10 free throws that impacts your offense as well in one point game no oh, Chris that's a great point you you mentioned that there are no great teams this year is something that Kelvin Sampson mentioned during his post game availability towards the end of it you know there's a lot of parity in college basketball and Chris like you mentioned what happened over the weekend a lot of different games that 
had Houston been able to pull out the victory against Temple, would have really helped them and really could have solidified their case for being a number one seed. Now it makes things a lot more murky. Now another thing that Kelvin Sampson touched on in regards uh, of not just Houston Cougars, but overall the bigger picture across the American Athletic Conference. He said he was asked you know, what his thoughts are on the conference in terms of it being underrated, and he could said he's been saying it for a while now and people just didn't listen to how really physical and underrated this conference is and we saw it at the beginning first game of the conference against UCF when they came in here they gave Houston a run for their money the Cougars were able to make plays and walk away with a victory we saw it against South Florida similar I felt like that South Florida game had a much similar it, it went a lot similar to this game. The only difference is that the Houston Cougars weren't able to make the plays to come out on top tonight compared to that USF game. And then, of course, Temple, they came in here. And like I said, they seemed like they were just a step ahead of Houston for much of the game. And when Houston made their rally toward the end, they did just enough to be able to eke out the 56-55 win. But, Chris, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts in terms of the conference and it being underrated? Because we saw... Teams keep beating each other left and right, and it's kind of, an, I mean, from a national perspective, like, oh, yep, that's just how bad the American is, but it could just be how, like Kelvin said, and head coach for Temple said as well, how underrated the conference is. Well, you know, since Houston is in the American, we see the teams in the American. We've said how tough this conference is time, time and time again, and the narrative nationally does not want to see it, accept it, acknowledge it, what have you. So that's what the Cougs have to deal with for a few more months in this conference. Temple, they don't have a great record. They're now 12 and 9 overall, but they're 6 and 2 in the American. They're a good team. They did enough to win today. There are other good teams in this conference. The Cougs' lead now is what, a half game technically, because they lost today. So there are other teams who have a chance to win the conference. This is a good conference. Is it elite like Big 12? No, but it's not the swack. I mean, some national people are treating like the like it's just a bunch of it's the Cougs and nothing. And that is not the case. You know, and I think the Big East gets more respect than the American. And the Big East got a lot of good basketball programs over there. But yeah, I mean, I really can't add more than what Chris said. He pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean. There's some good teams in this conference with some good guards that can compete on any level in any conference and, and some good coaches as well. Absolutely. And we, I mean, we just seen a string of, of good coaches these last few games that Houston has played against. I think it's, it's interesting. You mentioned the big East. Well, they have a team as well in Georgetown that just has not been able to beat an opponent. And how long is that losing streak? It extends over a season and in, in which they really struggle. Then at least the American athletic conference doesn't have that, but that's going into one conference to the other kind of digressing back into this game. And, in terms of this, the way it turned out specifically. So there have been a lot of comparisons made to the Alabama game. Now we heard Calvin Sampson after the game, Chris, talk about how he doesn't overreact to wins or losses. Similar message to what he said following the, the their loss to Alabama. Now, in terms of what Houston was able to show here down the stretch, they got good looks. Again, going eight seconds left, Jamal Shred got to the room. He had a layup, got blocked. Jamal Mark had the potential for a go-ahead shot. How do you feel their late-game execution was against Temple? Because 
they went on a 7-0 run. They held Temple scoreless for an extended period of time to tie the game and put themselves in position to walk off and escape with a win. The the last second shot was, was great. Previously, the previous possession with Jamal, well, I think it was Jamal took that three-point shot. I'm not sure what they were running on that one, what they're trying to get, because they seemed uncertain themselves. But overall, they got a lot of good looks. They didn't make them, you know, and that's an, just one of those one of those things. I mean, it sounds just simple to say, but that's reality in college basketball when you don't have a series. This is one and done. Tournament time is one and done. I'm not sure. I, I feel pretty sure if the Cougs and Temple play at a best of seven, the Cougs will win the series. But today was not a series. It's just one game. The Cougs had a bad game from the free throw line and they lost by a point. I want to touch on real quick about King's uh, post comment about other teams in the conference need to win and nationally and you know win the tournament. You respect nationally. The Big Ten has done that, except for maybe two teams. What did the Big Ten do last year? <laughs> like what they had they sent like nine or ten teams and one team got out of the first round, something like that. But it's the Big Ten this year, still the Big Ten. Oh well, well, recent history. Last season they stunk in the tournament. Didn't change their narrative. So the Americans battled this narrative for for its existence. It's going to be an issue next year. Come July 1st, this will no longer be a problem for the Cougs. This will be Memphis and SMU and everybody else left in the American issue going forward. But today, the Cougs did not play well. They not even played good. But they had a chance at the end to win the game. And that's what I am hanging my hat on. Despite playing poorly, they had a great look to win the game in the last second, and it didn't fall. Yeah, and I think that defensive execution was great. I think the offensive execution down the stretch could have been better, but I, I wouldn't say that it was bad. I just think they could have executed better, could have gotten better looks, but J1 is a definitely difference maker. Offensive end, defensive end, he's a difference maker, and when he – that last foul he picked up was not a foul. That was a BS call for sure. It was on Jamal, <laughs> I think. Jamal reached in first. Yeah, yeah, but he was a he's a huge, huge piece, and Reggie as well. Reggie is so, so, so important. His yes. ability to defend on the perimeter is something that we really, really need because he gives us um, that ability to switch and guard guards and then not be a mismatch. I'm hearing the commentators say mismatch with um, whenever it was Jairus or Rachel who switched on the guards and they was able to hold their own more, more than not. And so, I mean, I, I'm not really putting much stock in this loss like Coach Sam said. I mean, we definitely could have won, but that's just the way the game goes sometimes. Yeah. And Chris, to add on to your was, point from Demarc. Yeah, it was a quad three loss. So that's the biggest problem. This is a home loss. Exactly. And that's, that's what the, Kelvin Sampson said after yeah, the game. That's the biggest disappointment that this was a loss at home. That's, that's all – you know, they play Temple in two weeks in Philadelphia, get a chance to bounce back and get that win in Temple, win in Philadelphia. But, yeah, that's the big disappointment today was it was at home. Other than that, we all said here on the show that the Cougs are not going to go undefeated in conference play. We said that. Well, they got a loss today. On to Orlando on Wednesday. Yes, sir. But before we move to Orlando on Wednesday, I'd like to remind everybody that's watching live and or listening audio only wherever you get your podcast that 
you are listening or watching to Let's Rage Kooks presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is a primary sponsor of Let's Rage Kooks, the unofficial postgame show of Houston football and men ba- men's basketball, and will be the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Kooks following men's basketball games for the remainder of the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Of course, we couldn't do this show without our sponsors and partners, really, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind those infamous star pizza commercial. I guess they're not infamous, just famous. They're notorious. I keep doing these negatives, but anyways, these very famous star pizza commercials with Houston Cougar athletes with the Anthony Jones from the football team. Of course, Ryan Elvin and Dejan Giroux that just released about two weeks ago. And of course, they're promoting Star Pizza, who is one of our other sponsors on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with various locations across the Houston area. Make sure to make Star Pizza a stop on the way home because they are Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to follow them online on social media, including Twitter at Star Pizza HOU and visit them Visit their website at starpizza.net. And last but not least, H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston athletes benefit from the new name, image, and likeness rules. What the players need for you is to subscribe and plan start at just $20 a month. And that money goes straight to the UH athletes who create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. For those that may be interested, Dak Prescott just threw an interception. Dan, I know I know you're, you're keeping track of that 49er score first as they take an early 3-0 lead. So Chris is silently cheering at his home after hearing those news. But in regards to the Houston Cougars, we start to wrap things up here. Chris, look at it from a bigger lens perspective. This loss, could it be like what? Obviously, of course, it depends what other teams do. But could this loss be enough to keep Houston from being a number one seed come March? Ultimately, yes. But it also depends on what other teams do, <laughs> you know, because and you guys are right when y'all said that KU would lose in, in Big 12 play. Well, they've lost twice, you know, and they might lose to Baylor tomorrow. So if Kansas still continues losing, then the Cougs could be okay if they resume winning. If UCLA has to up more losses, that helps the Cougs. So it depends on what other teams do. The loss today being a home loss, it's a quad three loss. So it might be the worst of the five or six teams the Cougs are battling for the one seed. So that is an issue. But my main issue going forward for the tournament is I do not want Houston to face or be in the same region we've in the KC region with the Jayhawks. I don't care if they're in the KC region with Alabama. I don't want to be in that region with the Jayhawks because that's like a home court advantage for them come to come the final regional final. But other than that, the Cougs going to be in a tournament. We know that. Where they play, matchup-wise, it'll come down to matchups, of course. But if they can avoid KU in Kansas City, other than that, I'm good with everything else. I love Houston's matchup against Kansas. I don't care where it is. Honestly, I watched Kansas play about four or five games this and year. Good point. I love our matchup because, against Kansas. They, 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 they're having problems outside of Jalen Wilson. Anybody else, 
I think the yeah, Cougs can be one on one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Yes, it's good scared point. me. Dick can shoot, but he, yeah, I ain't worried about nobody but Kansas. But yeah, for good, yeah. Texas Christian could be an interesting team if they match oh, up with nice. come into Oh yeah, I mean matchups. It all comes down to matchups because yeah. it's one. It's one and done. You know. Absolutely. Question for you guys, real quick. If if and it, it doesn't matter because this is not this is a hypothetical. But in a best of five or best of seven, I'm not sure I pick anybody else but Houston in a series. But I agree. It's one and done. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. you know, any given night, you miss free throws. A guard gets hot, you know, from three or, or anything like that. But I'm not sure too many teams could beat Houston three times or four times in a series. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have that in college basketball. Right. I actually love the tournament. But just thinking about that, I don't know. Any team, Purdue maybe with the big that they have, they can give us some problems. But I don't know. For three or four, nah, I don't know. I can't see that either. So, yeah, I would say you know, no because of the you got to give you got to defer to Kelvin Sampson's ability to make adjustments after one game. Exactly. That's why I would, I would think Houston would have the advantage in that edge. But yeah, K State's good. There are, like I said, there are a lot of good teams in college hoops this season. There's not an elite team. We saw Purdue struggle at home to Maryland. And Zach Eady, I think Purdue scored 58. Zach Eady scored 24. <laughs> you know, so outside of him, they don't have a lot of consistent offensive threats. Real quickly, I wanted to share uh, a tweet, a kind of a screenshot that GoCooks.com, our friends at GoCooks.com, had sent out after the loss. But it's, it says that Houston fell in the Ken Palm rankings from number one to – well, they didn't fall. They're still number one in the Ken Palm rankings. So that's interesting to note there. Like you mentioned, Chris, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up in the net rankings – Come tomorrow morning. Now, of course, when we look at the national poll rankings, Houston's going to fall. I'd be curious to see how many notches they fall off. And, and compared again, going back to the national view of the American Athletic Conference, a team like Temple that coming into the game, they had a good conference record. They were five and two against the American Athletic Conference opponents. They were eleven nine overall. So now they're six and two in Houston, just a half game ahead of Temple. So, like you said, Chris, they're going to play each other in about two weeks, February five in Philadelphia. That'll be a game to watch. Now, Mark, it becomes much more important day on. It looks like the Dallas Cowboys just did something nice. What will happen? Scored a touchdown, apparently. Almost. No. Oh, I no. tackled it to like the two or three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. It's, it's making it an interesting game. So let's see if they can pull off the upset against the San Francisco 49ers. But as we start to wrap things up here, Chris, I'll go over to you. Just any final takeaway that you have of this Houston Cougars and Temple game. Again, something that we mentioned, it's, it wasn't realistic to expect Houston to go 18-0 in conference. Now that's out the window. They were close to winning 10 straight in, in a row. But outside of potentially – derailing them from a number one seed. It's just on to the next one, like Calvin Sampson said, into Central Florida. Now, the key thing is not allowing the the picking up any of the bad habits, particularly when it comes to free throw shooting, because that could be something that costs them in a one-and-done tournament, whether it be uh, the NCAA tournament come March. Yeah, I mean, I guess my main takeaway is it's today's loss was at home. It was a home loss. I'm kind of curious to see what the bracketologists do, because when the Cougs played at Tulane, most of them said, even with the loss there, the Cougs would still be a one seed. So I wonder if that change is based on today's home loss to Temple. 
and with other losses by Kansas and, and UCLA and, you know, teams around them. So that's the main thing is today was a home loss. Got to make free throws. Someone yelled out a fan yelled out at the game. They're free. <laughs> but Coach Sampson also said his players don't miss on purpose. <laughs> Did not miss the free throws on purpose. They just missed. It's just one of those games where they missed 10 and Temple missed two and Temple won by one. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is Houston is a really, really good defensive team, and it really stood out to me how important J1 is. Today's game really, really stood out to me on how important he is against good teams down the stretch. I know we won games in times where he wasn't on the floor. He may not have his best game, but I'm just watching in clutch moments against good teams in the tournament. J1 is going to be a very important piece for us. That's one thing that stood out to me. But other than that, I mean, I'm not, I didn't take too much into this loss. Houston will bounce back. I, I still want to see, I want to see Tremont be a little bit more aggressive. I want him to take more shots, honestly. I mean, I want Marcus to take more shots, but he just has such a great game just from an entire basketball perspective. But um, I mean, I still feel great about this team. Absolutely. Before we wind things down, just to look at the conference standings. Following Houston's loss to Temple, the Cougars still stand at number one in the American Athletic Conference. Just by a half a game now, they're six and one overall against American Athletic Conference opponents, and of course, they're eighteen and two overall. Twenty games into the season, Temple sits at number two. They're six and two in Memphis. Sits third at five and two. Had Temple lost, Memphis would have been the number two team in the conference after tonight. But because Temple won, they sit at third. Cincinnati's five and three. Tulane is five and three. And UCF, who Houston will see on Wednesday evening, they are four, four and three against American Athletic Conference opponents. They are 13 and six overall. That'll be Houston's next game on the road in Orlando. Of course, the Knights came into the Fertitta Center and gave Houston. All they could handle, they gave them a good run for their money come New Year's Eve, just three weeks ago now. Chris, uh, last thing in regards to you, but do you think that this matchup will be similar, different? What do you think you can expect from Houston and UCF come Wednesday? UCF is, they're so banged up now that they're struggling. So I'm not sure outside of Taylor Hendricks what consistent options they have but they're going to be playing in front of their home crowd. And ironically, with the Cougs lost today, they won't come into Orlando as number one seat, number one ranked team in the country. So some of that luster is gone. So right. some of the fans might be less enthused about it. You know, maybe it's still top five for Houston. But UCF is injured. And I think one or two of their players are gone for the season. So it could be a, a it needs to be a bounce back opportunity for Houston to get the win. And remember, everybody, the game was going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So, Dan, I'll toss it over to you. First, Brett Mockhart just keeps missing extra points. This one got blocked. He was going to miss it anyway. But uh, I, I think <laughs> I'm expecting Houston to bounce back like Chris is saying. And I, I got Houston plus 10. Plus 10. I I would agree with you, Dan. I think that's going to be a bounce-back performance just because of what we've seen in the past from the Houston Cougars. And Chris, like you mentioned, it is a banged-up Knights team. Now, Houston's next home game will be next Saturday afternoon at 1.15 p.m. tip-off against the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's going to be a CBS game broadcast. I was talking to someone here after the game. It will be the main CBS broadcast going into it. So that 
nationally televised game for Houston. Certain to be, uh, certainly Houston will be looking to bounce back at home following this loss to Temple. Now, once again, the final score here from inside the Fertitta Center, the Temple Owls, and Houston's nine-game winning streak in hand. The Cougars are first conference loss of the season. Houston drops to 6-1 and one against American Athletic Conference opponents. They are 18-2 and two overall. Jamal Shedd led all that Houston in scoring with 13 points. He shot four, 16 from the field. He also had five rebounds. Marcus Sasser, not too far behind with 12 points, four of 11 shooting. He had five assists and he had four steals. Jarvis Walker came real close to having his third career double, double nine points and 12 rebounds, but he fell just short and down. Like you mentioned, Tremont Mark only had six points, two of nine shooting for Mark. Now, Chris, I'll toss it over to you. Where can people find you and anything else you'd like to end on? Appreciate it, Andy. Thank you very much. You can find me on Twitter at the, some of y'all say the, H-R-Review, T-H-E-H-R Review, also on HoustonRoundBarReview.com, HoustonRoundBarReview on TikTok and Instagram. And of course, we're all watching the show here on YouTube at HoustonRoundBarReview. Also, going forward, got to make free throws. Free throws are, are important to win basketball games, to seal the deal in wins. But I'm curious to see what the Cougs, where the Cougs are ranked in terms of the nets going forward and seated in bracketology. But beyond that, one point loss today, get it back on Wednesday in Orlando against UCF. You can find me on all social media at Dayon Dunlap. Um, Houston is going to continue to, they're going to bounce back. And so no really, no really worries, but continue to follow, support all of us, Chris, Andy, and we, we appreciate your support. Absolutely. Once again, the final score from inside Fertitta Center, Houston Falls to Temple 56-55. People can follow me on Twitter at is underscore five. But also be sure to follow the official Let's Rage Cougs account on Instagram and TikTok as you see it on the screen. For those of you listening to audio only, it's all lowercase Let's Rage Cougs. Just Let's Rage Cougs. No any extra symbol or anything like that. Just plain and simple Let's Rage Cougs. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Pod Slamajama. That's P-A-W-D. S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A. Once again, we'll be back for Let's Reach Cougs following Houston's game against UCF come Wednesday night. It'll be a little bit of Let's Reach Cougs after dark, even though it'll be East Coast, East Coast game, so it'll be a little bit earlier than that. So until then, we'll be back. Thank you, of course, as always, for joining us, and we will see you on Wednesday nights. Go Cougs. Cool.